Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Linus, also known as Cleto, and welcome to the pilot episode of the Lot Podcast. Right, so what we're going to talk about today is Skin Olympics Season 2, which is an event hosted by the Lot, which is a film discussion Discord server that we are all a part of. And the way this event works is essentially 16 people, each pick a country that they represent, and they go up against one another in a single elimination tournament style bracket. Where each week they pick two films from that country uh, that sort of best represents that country's cinema, and they go up against one another, we watch both films, and we decide which one was better. The winner progresses to the next round where they pick a different film, while the loser is eliminated. Currently we are 11 weeks into the event, and uh, the round of 16 has already wrapped up, and the quarterfinals are almost fully wrapped up as well. Um, today I'm joined by a delightful cohort of people. One of them is our household expert in oversized Japanese monsters and a resident British man, Matt, also sometimes Luke. known as Kaiju. Luke. We're also joined by the man who has seen all the films, over <laughs> 7,000 of them. I don't actually believe you have a niche, Jeff. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so I'll, I'll just say your niche is just seeing every film that, that's out there. Yeah, basically. And lastly, we're... We are also joined by our resident babushka and connoisseur of the uh, wit and weird Japanese cinema, Elena. Hello. So the first four countries in the event were Hungary, represented by the fifth seal, sort of a 1976 philosophical film. It's Hungarian, so you know it's going to be very sad. And it was up against an Australian film called Two Hands, a 1999 film, which was actually starring a young Heath Ledger. Right, so right off the bat, Jeff, I had a question. Mm -hmm. Notoriously, The Fifth Seal was sort of one of the most well-received films of the whole event. I mean, sorted by average rating that we sort of given these films, it was one of the sort of highest ranked ones. And not only that, it was one of the most one of the films that had sparked the most discussion, and everyone just sort of in general seemed to like it. So I think it's fair to assume that it's quite a bit of a proud favorite. So I was actually wondering, um, why do you think that's the case? What separates this film from some of the other ones we've seen in the event and that haven't been so positively received? What did you think of the film? No, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think. What's so special about The Fifth Seal is that it's fairly straightforward, like, of a movie. It's just about common man dealing with Nazis taking over their town. And how do you respond to that? How do you react to that? And that's something I feel like everybody... And, like, you always see these World War II movies where there's sometimes loftier characters in higher power. Or maybe they're coming from a more well-educated viewpoint on the occupation, but these people are just your average men coming together, stuck in a room, while Nazis are destroying their culture and their people outside. So how, how do you deal with that? And that's kind of what the movie's about, is these common folk looking at it from a philosophical point of view and what can they do? And right when the ending kicks in, right, it kind of either flips what they were talking about for the whole movie or reinforces what they were saying. It's just different for each character that's in the room together. 
Yeah, it certainly has quite a unique structure for a film where it sort of presents this philosophical di dilemma and sort of by the end flips it on its head. Um, what do you think about that, uh, Matt? I think any film that is inherently based in in like philosophical ideas is guaranteed to generate more discussion because you can naturally like the ideas presented are going to spark thoughts within your own mind. I think there was a lot of that in the server. But I remember there being a lot of like huge discussions about whether you whether you agreed with the philosophy of certain characters within the film. I think that that also like your as your last question helped to separate it from other films. Like compared to some of the other entries, it's like very naturally geared towards generating discussion like within the people who watch it it's sort of, that's sort of its like main purpose as a film yeah definitely <laughs> totally do you have any thoughts on that elena yeah i think that the structure of the film is one of the things that lends itself best to discussion and also i mean it takes place within a very specific time and among i mean it's a setting that's not exactly like relatable to us in our everyday lives but the philosophical questions that are presented are presented in such a way that you are able to adopt some of those ideas and reflect on them yourselves because there's that yeah philosophical um discussion at the start of the film that's very abstract and about you know if you would rather be powerful and you know live a I don't know, not be able to, like, have repercussions for your actions, would you take that over being, like, abused or, um, I guess, live a life of, like, extreme torture and pain, I guess, but ha have this thought that you are completely innocent in that? And that's, like, a very abstract question, but in the later parts of the film, it's put into practice. And I think it can be put into practice in a lot of different settings. It's not specifically a World War II setting, and I think that's part of what's great about it, is it presents that idea in an abstract way um, that lends itself well to reflection, but also shows that abstract idea in practice. I think it's probably no surprise. Well, spoiler alert, uh, the film did beat the Australian film in the first round, and actually the Hungary also advanced in the second round, where it faced off against the winner between Estonia, which was represented by November, a sort of 2018 folk horror film, uh, which went up against Belgium, The Broken Circle Breakdown, uh, 2012 film, I think, that essentially was like a sad drama about grief. And Hungary not only beat Australia, but it also beat Estonia in the second round. So I was wondering, uh, Matt, what do you think actually Hungary's chances to advance even further in the event and potentially even win the whole film? think what do you think about the choices that they made so far i mean yeah the choices so far have been have been strong i don't really like the second round pick that much but i think hungary is as in general has a quite a large wealth of cinema and a lot of it's quite underseen and there's always that feeling of when you've watching something that's less seen it is a bit more excitement with that and i think hungary kind of brings that to the table a bit more than other countries might jeff you're a you're a man that has seen many films would you have gone for any sort of different choices honestly i don't i don't know if i would because i feel like an important part of well a lot of hungry cinema is just often dealing with world war ii because it had such a huge impact on their country and their people and their culture and all the big popular hungry movies deal uh with world war ii to some degree 
And, you know, you could have chosen, you know, Belatar, and I think that would have been an easy pick. And it wouldn't surprise me necessarily to see him get picked maybe later on as, like, a finishing movie pick. But uh, I don't know. I think I think it's, so far I've really enjoyed the choices. They've been interesting and different, which is appreciated. Yeah, I very much agree. And I think we could still see a Bellatar film coming up in the next couple of rounds. Right, so as you may have noticed, I have sort of glossed over over the three other countries in this round, partially because they lost, but also because I feel like their films haven't been quite as well received. But I was actually wondering, do you have any other notes, any of you, on some of these other films? Elena, maybe you have something to say about some of the other films that have been eliminated in the side of the bracket? I don't know. I think that... I think that Hungary has the strongest picks of those four countries, partially because I think the strategy of picking has been pretty good with them. But I think that the reception of Broken Circle Breakdown was really interesting because it's something that's on the surface is quite a bit more conventional or polished than some of the other ones i think that november has a specific niche and so if if, you know and not appealing to everyone is really not all that surprising but i thought that even though a lot of people didn't like broken circle breakdown i mean i guess myself included it did spark some interesting discourse around um i i suppose I mean, method of depiction and the emotions that the story was meant to invoke. Um, For those of you who didn't see it, it revolves around a couple dealing with the death of their child, um, which is a very, it's a really difficult thing to portray. Um, And so I don't think that it was exactly perfect in that portrayal. Um, on some level kind of emotionally exploitative in my opinion, but I know that some people might watch it and really feel it and connect with it. Um, but I thought that the discourse around that one was particularly interesting because of its subject matter. Um, and I agree. having some pretty visceral reactions. The uh, ending in particular, at least for me, was pretty disappointing. I guess we wouldn't get a little spoiler here, but right, the whole suicide yeah. At the end, yeah, I found it to be pretty. I don't know if disrespectful is the right word, but it was. It was just very. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. It feels like quite emotionally manipulative. It kind of just puts this into the plot, just to try and make as much of an emotional impact as it can. I think that's quite transparently mm-hmm. manipulative, and I think yeah. it's a lot of people just didn't respond to that. Yeah. yeah Whereas, like yeah. some of the other picks, I feel like November. It's just maybe it wasn't quite for you, or two hands it was like well that's just you know some people don't like that sort of action film but um yeah i think that the the discourse around broken circle breakdown being somewhat manipulative or depicting certain events in a certain light i think was a particularly interesting thing about the first two weeks as well yeah for those who essentially don't know or haven't seen the film um i remember someone even sort of wrote this comment i can't remember who so sorry I guess that we're not giving you credit, but yeah, someone said that essentially it's manipulative in a way that essentially a commercial prodding you to donate to say cancer researchers where it just sort of shows the sad thing, shows the tragedy, but it doesn't really dig into it. Mm -hmm. And it's quite emotionally manipulative in that sense. Yes. 
And I would have liked to see it humanize that child more. I th it's she's on screen very little. There's very yeah. little done to I guess uh, humanize that experience, and so it kind of just boils it down to, um, I guess the emotional child. The, what they believe will be yeah. emotionally impactful and not actually like humanizing that experience. Yes, totally. What I did yes. like about the movie though was the music itself. That was really yeah, the I highlight thought... for me. Oh, yeah, the music was nice. The, yeah, the... I guess we should have also mentioned that the film, uh, one of the protagonists of the film is part of this uh, uh, Belgian country band, so he naturally performs some songs, and it's quite well done. Yeah, I did think that the the music choices, I mean, I can understand the music maybe wasn't for everyone, but I liked the music choices as well. I thought that was definitely a strong point of the film. Right, so I think we're going to move on to the next four countries. Partially because this is where uh, things uh, things get spicy. Because uh, one thing that I hadn't mentioned yet is that all three people, well, aside from me in the podcast, are also representing their own country in this in this event. And as I mentioned, Matt is British, and he is actually representing UK. So in the sort of next round, United Kingdom, represented by Road, uh, went up against Denmark represented by a 2003 film, The Green Butchers. This is sort of like a comedy with a very sort of normal-ish writing structure featuring uh, Mads Mikkelsen. So, Matt, one thing that I want to ask, since uh, you were representing UK, why did you choose this particular film, this particular direct director? Just sort of give a rundown of your thoughts. Why just sort of go down this route in particular? Alan Clark, who directed Road, is, is one of my favorite directors in general. I think the way he works and especially, you know, his formal qualities with his camera room is very fascinating. And I think Road is like maybe the most Alan Clark film that Alan Clark made. It's got all his hallmarks. It's got all his trademarks. It's got the, the socially alienated characters, the class analysis, and of course, like the Steadicam, which is his most iconic technical feature. And I think it's just, it's a fascinating work. And I would just thought, people would naturally respond to it as a, as a piece of like a, a depiction of this very depressing and very almost apocalyptic time in British society with when the economy was pretty much in free fall for most of the country. Yeah, definitely. For those who don't know, I suppose, Alan Clark was essentially this uh, British TV director uh, who made various films for, for TV, for BBC, and essentially during his lifetimes, while some of his films certainly garnered some success, he has been sort of redeemed as of late, and certainly his status has been elevated to that even of a of an auteur quite recently. And some of the other films he's quite famous for would be uh, Made in Britain, Pendas Fen, The Firm, the original one with uh, Gary Oldman. And if I recall correctly, uh, Jeff, you were also quite a big big fan of this film. Uh, yes. Do you have any that... thoughts on it? Um, well, Road was. I would say my it was my second Alan Clark movie that I had seen. I'd seen Scum beforehand, was really taken aback by it, but I never really yeah. must have been inspired to go deeper. But after watching Road, I was so blown away by its depiction of poverty and this feeling of being stuck in location, right? There's this really... The whole movie is... It's not a long movie. It's about like an hour and maybe 10 minutes or so. Not, not even maybe. But... um a lot of the movie is people just walking endlessly down a similar street over and over. 
So it's just this feeling of you can't escape this loop of terrible poverty that you're stuck in in road and that that theme is so wonderfully captured right with the steady cam footage just following them uncomfortably close the whole times i just i found that so wonderful and really impactful so it definitely inspired me to check out some more of his movies and i've really really been enjoying diving more deep into his filmography and his bbc productions for television do you have any thoughts on the film elena I liked Rude. I don't think I liked it quite as much as everyone else, but I did appreciate especially like how uniquely British the experiences of it are and how it really captures a specific place and moment in time. And I feel like I, even if it didn't really connect with me as personally or I didn't love it as much as everyone else, I, I think that it was like a great pick because I, I, yeah, part of what I like about the event is learning about all these different countries through their cinema. And I feel like that was like a perfect example of like what you could learn about, you know, a specific British experience through that film. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was really great and picking something that was very uniquely British, which. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah probably may have yeah. noticed already with some of the sort of picks that we have been going through. Uh, most people in Seven tend to go for sort of the more obscure film, like uh, Matt hasn't necessarily gone for train spotting, and similarly, the hungry person hasn't necessarily gone for a Bellatar film. And people have sort of been tending to find more niche films to sort of represent. So actually, in that angle, Matt, since you actually won against Denmark in this round, and in the second round, you actually picked a folk horror film. Uh, do you want to tell us about that at all? Or about the folk horror, just or like picking more you're, you're picking choices. the second round oh well again i i think the aim with me in this event was to try and be as, as like culturally representative and i think folk horror has, has a long tradition in this country of, of making good films yeah definitely and awarding to the curious which is my second round pick especially because it draws from so much of like it's based on anglo-saxon folklore yeah i think the way the, the where it's filmed like a lot of people have this very when they're young, a lot of people go to seaside towns in this country. A lot of these places are very isolated, very depressing. I think the film very much invoked that kind of mood, and I felt like that that made it even more culturally representative beyond sort of the folklore aspects of it. Do you have any thoughts on the film, Jeff? Um, well, Awarding to the Curious is part of this. Well, it's directed by Lawrence Gordon Clark, who is kind of famous in BBC for his uh, Ghost Story for Christmas series which uh on christmas they would show a ghost story of some kind that was um usually from a british author in his writing uh so he's got a couple of series yeah yes uh so he's got a couple of those and they're all i think like really fantastic just not only ghost stories but just depictions of british cultures and fears maybe of, of what they what's in their history i guess um and also i think it's just funny that they showed <laughs> horror movies on television for christmas like, okay yeah <laughs> that's just yeah. great um so i think that's a lot of fun i know they i think are just restarting that series now like in 2022 so definitely oh, yeah. yeah i haven't seen any of them but yeah they've heard they've been doing i really liked awarding to the curious as a pick um and i think yeah, both very, like, 
British TV movies, I guess, but um, Road was a very, like, angry film, and I really liked the relative minimalism of A Warning to the Curious, and just, it's it's kind of just a very, like, understated, just, like, good story um, all the way through. Uh, Definitely. I really enjoyed that part of it. It There's no frills, it's just, like, it's it's just this it's just good story. Well, <laughs> um, it's very simple, spooky. very simple to the point, spooky. I really enjoyed it, so it's one of my favorites of the competition so far. Before we move on, I guess from from Britain, one more question that I wanted to ask you, Matt, is: uh, Were there any other sort of films that you were considering for either of these two rounds instead of the ones that you picked, or maybe even what you are considering for the next round, if you want to reveal that? Well, I think I'm definitely going to move away from the, the TV movie vibe in the next round because I think I've sort of exhausted that. Well, for the first round, I, was, I knew I was going to pick an Alan Clark film for the first round. It was just deciding which one because he has so many films. And I think, but I think Road, as I said, it's very like if you're going to watch one, that's like his most, it has all of his idiosyncrasies and all of his trademarks. And I want to second round, I just wanted to shake up like because I think there's a, there's a, vibe around British cinema a lot of people think it's just depressing dramas about the working class and things like that so I wanted to kind of there are a lot something of a little those different. there are a lot of those but you know the, I think British cinema has more to offer than just that so I'm, I'll try and shake yeah, up again in the next round moving on from that in the next matchup uh, Mexico went up against Hong Kong and uh, one thing you should know about the lot is that we we do love our Hong Kong film so in this round, Mexico was uh, represented by Macario, a 1960s uh, fairytale film adaptation of the sort of famous tale called Godfather Death, and it went up against Chinese Ghost Story, which I feel like the title is pretty self-explanatory of what that <laughs> film is. Yeah, pretty much. Now, the interesting thing about this matchup is that it was uh, sort of the first matchup that was extremely close and was actually decided by a single vote. Um, so I was wondering, uh, what were your thoughts just on this matchup, uh, the both both of the films? Perhaps, yeah, which one do you prefer of them? Well, um, for me, Macario was really fascinating because it's uh, a movie about Day of the Dead, which is such a... When you think of Mexico, that's probably one of the first things you think about is the Day of the Dead celebration and how that yeah, all that works. Is- and uh, I, at least for me, I don't... I can't think of many movies that aren't animated that talk about that day and that celebration. Um, so it was fun seeing a movie from the sixties that deals with it, talks about it and you kind of experience it with the characters and there's a lot of magical realism in it. And I, I, I love that kind of stuff. So it was really, I really enjoyed my time with that one. And then in comparison to that, you got Chinese ghost story, which is just, balls to the wall insanity like non-stop with action and yelling and crazy it's nuts but it's so well done and knows exactly what it is and that is always a treat to watch with movies like that where they know exactly what they want to do and they deliver it perfectly and i mean the action is just so cool in that movie really fun definitely and a few of us watch chinese ghost story on stream i don't know if anyone in this was on that stream no oh. i watched it by myself okay yeah but it was very fun to watch in a group just because like how crazy it was and i think that you could get on it for being tacky or being really like 1980s 
but it's it's so self-aware in that and it's just mm -hmm. you kind of just have to let go and just be like this is crazy and i'm enjoying yeah, it definitely um uh yeah that was definitely i personally i think that was kind of a risky pick because it's a genre film and not you know a standard drama like a lot of other people have been going for but i think that it really worked out because i think that the people who liked it liked it a lot and i think that that's what led it to win yeah um, definitely. and i appreciate the kind of crazy pick right out of the gate um i think that that was like a really um good moment uh and as far as the mexico i thought the mexico pick was also great i think that it had some like weird narrative inconsistencies that led me to not like it as much but the like i said yeah something that's like kind of a uniquely mexican um tradition and i liked some of the imagery in it i think there's that i mean i guess it's a little spoilery but the idea of like the lives as candles burning down is like a depiction that i yeah. i don't know i just think that That's that cool, depiction yeah. is so cool and it's kind of somewhat borrowed from um the silent film destiny uses that as well so I kind of liked, if that's an intentional nudge, I kind of liked that part. Um, <laughs> but I thought they were both great picks. It was a really tough round. I ended up voting for Chinese Ghost Story just because I appreciated the craziness of that pick. But Macario was definitely a great pick for Mexico as well. I think what's interesting is uh, Chinese Ghost Story is kind of a famous entry point as well to uh, that kind of genre work from Hong Kong. Uh, it's not, I don't think it goes so crazy into the lore and the insane storytelling that sometimes those movies have. It's it's mostly just people running around and screaming, which is very easy to, to just <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Great description. There's a lot of just yeah. funny moments. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's nothing super uh, intense or it doesn't ask a lot of you as a viewer which yeah. is really great which is it's just nice easy way to get into that genre because as you get more into it there's a lot there's a lot of buddhist and philosophical questions that they answer while they're flying and kicking around so it gets it's a good i think establishing movie for that genre yeah definitely i'd say if you're if you're a fan of these sort of like really really wacky 80s American sort of action films, then it would definitely be a film worth checking out because uh, it does have a lot of those aspects, but they're sort of mixed in with the Chinese culture and Chinese religion. And they also have like these sort of magical realism elements, so just over the top insanity. Yeah, I think both great picks that round. It was a pretty yeah, good it was round. A strong <laughs> round. It was a strong round. Strong round. It was, and it yeah. was yeah. sad that... Sad for Mexico that it lost, but it was a tough competition, so. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of tough competition, naturally, sort of Hong Kong progressed into the second round where it sort of matched up against Britain, and then it lost by a single vote, as far as I can remember. And if you've been sort of keeping up with the praises we sung for Hungary, the actual semi-final, or sort of the final for this side of the bracket, is actually Hungary against UK. So I was wondering... Um, obviously might match your bias, so I'm not sure if I should ask you, but who do the rest of you think is actually going to win this match? Who do you see winning, Hungary or UK? Ooh. I think that's, that's tough. It depends on what 
they go for? Yeah, I, I think I think if Hungry goes for like a Bellatar pick, it it could be an easy win. I I mean I guess it depends on which one they pick. <laughs> um, but that one is such a big name and carries a lot the, of weight. Yeah, sometimes it backfires though. I mean sometimes yeah, that's people appreciate in this competition. Yeah. That's very true. I think that sometimes true, yeah. people appreciate the obscure pick. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't even know enough about Hungry to know what well, kind of strong movies are left. Here's a different question than Elena. Mm-hmm. Based on the two films that both countries picked so far, if you had to sort of vote for one right now, which one would you choose to to be in the final? If I just based on past experience, yeah, based on the past two films. Oh God, I don't know. I think that they're both like two of the strong, obviously two of the strongest in the competition. I think that they just appeal to different people. I think that the hungry picks have appeal to my own tastes but i didn't even vote for hungary in the second round so (laughs) it's really hard it's really hard to say oh i don't know i'm going to go for jeff uh i'm gonna put my vote behind matt and uk i think it's because he's here isn't it no i'm just a little more cynical I think maybe. <laughs> okay. I, just, I, don't, uh, I don't have enough power in predicting to really even begin to guess how I think that that round will go. It'll be a good matchup, though. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely one of the yeah, ones forward. to do. Everyone, including Matt, is looking forward to. Right. So I think we're going to move to the other side of the bracket where things, yet again, get a bit spicy because... Um, the first match appears actually between Yugoslavia, which isn't a country anymore, but it was allowed for this pick, uh, possibly because the tournament organizer picked it. So <laughs> a, bit, a bit of corruption involved, possibly. The right. film was also three hours long, and the limit was shorter films, I believe. So a bit, a bit dodgy, but we're going to overlook it. Uh, and Yugoslavia uh, went up against Senegal, which was represented by our our friend who has seen all the films, Jeff. Yes, all movies ever. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, Jeff, you actually for this round you picked an Usman Sembene film. Who, for those that know don't know, is he's essentially like the most famous Senegalese uh, auteur. Um, he famously made Black Girl. Um, so here's the question, Jeff. Uh, what prompted you to go for this film in particular, and not something like Black Girl instead? For me, I uh, was looking for something that would represent Africa in a more modern scenario. Because I also feel like Black Girl is such an easy pick to start with because it's such a wonderful movie. But it's uh, fairly old. Uh, So the issues that are being dealt with in that movie are certainly still a thing. But the movie that I picked, uh, Mulan, is a little more modern in the issues that they cover with... uh, general mutilation and women's rights in the country and how they navigate that landscape. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure I also mentioned, but Yugoslavia was represented by Underground, a sort of infamous Amir Kusturica epic about the country itself from 1995. Yeah, which is a truly fantastic movie, in my opinion. I just, I love that movie. So that was a hard, that was a hard week for me. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, interestingly enough, I know we we have a uh, someone in the call who's not that big of a fan of that film so i wanted to hear her thoughts uh, uh what did you think of this underground magic? i watched i didn't rewatch underground for this i saw it back in december know, or yeah. january before we did our long films list and i just it really seems like something on the surface that i would really like there was just something about it that kind of lost me i think that maybe it's like comedic elements or there's just something about it that i I just, I lost interest in it within the first hour, and that was kind of it for me, and I, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's something on the surface that I thought I would really enjoy, um, because I like so much Eastern European cinema, but um, I, I, so I think it was a tough matchup, though, because I know that that film is definitely loved by a lot of people, but I really liked the Senegalese pick. Um, just because, again, it's just something that deals with um, some questions that are like unique to Senegal or unique to certain like cultures that I'm not super familiar with myself. But I liked the um, what it explored and how it explored the topic of female genital mutilation, which is a really heavy topic, but um, yeah, showing it with a, quite a bit of nuance and. Yeah, like Jeff said, I like that it shows something with Africa in a modern light and uh, how these things still affect these communities and also cultural shifts and cultural changes and the difficulty of cultural change. It was just, it was really great um, in that as in that regard. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot from it and African cinema is definitely an area where I'm very much lacking. So I think that was, it made, it made me want to explore more. Um, so I really That's liked good. that one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually not going to just leave Elena to drown here and <laughs> might as well come out and say that I also wasn't that big of a fan of Underground. But I know, I know, Matt, you're you're quite fond of that film as well. So I was I wondering, what do, what do you what do you think of just this matchup in general? Which which film did you prefer? I, again, I didn't rewatch Underground for the event, but I, I saw it a few months ago, and it, I I'm very much a huge fan of it. So I did vote for for Yugoslavia. But I did enjoy the Senegalese pick as well. I just think Underground is just this huge, bombastic war epic. And I find that so like captivating as a film. Because war epics are usually very somber, very depressing. And I think the tone and the way it's laid out is very unique. Yeah, definitely. So, spoiler alert, uh, the organizer of corruption sort of backfired. And Jeff did actually win this round with Mulad. But before we actually get to his... Uh, uh, second film. Let's talk a bit about his uh, his opponent, which actually came down to be the winner of the Germany versus Ukraine matchup, and Ukraine was actually oh. represented by Elena. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that was an insane week. <laughs> it was, and for um, context, uh, Germany's pick was Terror Two Thousand, uh, nineteen ninety two German exploitation film about. Um, God knows what, honestly, and <laughs> let's just so, say it was the least favorite film for most people of the whole tournament. I think that round one always kind of has a film that's a bit of a flop, and I wasn't, I wasn't in the lot for round one of Olympics season one, but I know that there were some films that flopped in that one too. 
So it's really not surprising that there was one that was intensely disliked, but I think this was a risky pick that backfired for sure. <laughs> um, it was just uh, watching it. It's just um, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's so uh, intentionally aiming to be like offensive and provocative. Yeah. I just overall didn't enjoy it at all. Um, I see that it's capturing, I know that it's meant to kind of capture tensions over Germany's reunification, and in that regards, it's interesting from a historical standpoint, um, but it was not pleasant to watch whatsoever. It was just, <laughs> it was just not, not pretty. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it definitely wasn't. Yeah, so, I think there were a few people who felt positively towards it, but overall, I know that was... That did not go over that well, so... <laughs> I was not that worried about winning that round. I think I knew pretty quickly <laughs> that it was going to be an easy win for my movie. Yeah, definitely. So I guess on that end, let's let's touch upon your pick then, because uh, yeah. I think we don't really have any positive things to say about Terror 2000. We don't even really have negative things to say, it's just um, confusing, baffling, really. Uh, right, so, Elena, you picked Eva Vivan. Kupalo, Kupalo, uh, yeah. from 1968 film, which famously is an adaptation of actually a short story by by Gogol. And it's interesting because this film was also directed by Yuli Oyenko. It's actually one of the Ukrainian directors that I have sort of heard about. Uh, so I was curious, yeah. what actually prompted you to pick this film as the representative for Ukraine? I was pretty positive that I wanted to pick um, an Ilyenko film during the competition. I, I was 100% sure, basically, that I wanted to pick one of his films. I've seen um, Eva Vivan Kupala and um, A Spring for the Thirsty. Um, so I was debating between those two films when I made the pick. And I think I decided to come right out with um, one of his films just because I think that they're very culturally and historically expressive. And one of my goals with my Ukraine picks is was to show especially with like current events i wanted to show a side of ukraine that's not really shown in the media and something that's very like culturally and historically rich rather than something that's more political um and so his films kind of capture that for me the reason i didn't go for spring for the thirsty which i love that film but um it's very somber it's very sad it's very bleak and i wanted something that it's a really intense movie and it deals a lot with like cultural memory and personal memory and i think it's a lot of concepts that are very important to ukrainian identity but i just wanted to go with something that had a lot of like overwhelming cultural richness just because i thought it would go over better with the participants and yeah just evo ivan kupala is just it's so just rich and like lavish um and colorful and it sometimes doesn't make a lot of sense but that kind of just didn't matter to me it was just something that really showcased that cultural side that i really wanted to depict so that's why i went with that film in particular i still think if you're interested in his work a spring for the thirsty is fantastic um it just wasn't something that i wanted to lead with right out of the gate I mean, I'd say the film in particular is sort of very flashy in the editing department, uh, especially. Mm -hmm. It's safe to say that it has been received pretty well, considering uh, 
it hasn't received a vote against it in that round, although in part that may have not been due to the film itself. Uh, right, uh, Matt, do you have any thoughts on this matchup? Well, I think I echo the thoughts of most people when I was not at all a fan of Terror 2000. So I would just gloss over that very quickly. I did enjoy the Ukraine pick. I think it was very, it reminded me a lot of um, something like The Color of Pomegranates, in which it's, it's very like sens- sensually like overloading folktale. Yeah. It's very expressive. And I no, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good matchup. Yeah, I think Although it's in also. In terms of, yeah. I was just going to say that Elienko and um, Parajan have worked together. Elienko is the cinematographer yeah. on um, Shadows of Forgotten Ancestors, so that link is not coincidental. Um, they were very much influential on each other. Yeah. Right, so if you've been uh, keeping track, uh, the fact that uh, Ukraine won this matchup does mean that it went up against uh, Senegal in the second round. So we had a matchup between Jeff and, uh, and Elena. And Jeff went for the little girl who sold the gun, and Elena actually went for a silent film er, from 1930. I'm actually curious, why did you why did you opt for a silent film, Elena? I'm not entirely sure, and it, it didn't quite work out for me. <laughs> um, I actually originally wanted to go for something contemporary uh, for the second round. But I kind of struggled to find something that I liked well enough that I wanted to show to everyone else. Um, especially because I didn't want to pick something that dealt with war. I wanted to pick something that was more of a um, cultural or historical... Something of cultural or historical importance. Um, so I just... Yeah, I, it was kind of a last-minute pick. I just didn't feel happy enough with any of the contemporary... Um, Ukrainian films I had seen, I only saw, I think, like, I had trouble finding one, and the other one I saw, I didn't really like that much, so I just decided to go with Earth, because it's really, Dovzhenko's films are kind of the origin of Ukrainian cinema, and nobody had picked a silent film in the competition, and I, I really love silent films, I think people should watch more of them. I kind of just coming out. <laughs> yeah, I just um, I don't. I honestly don't know why I picked it. I just thought that it would be um, it would mix things up and be different from what other people had picked, and yeah, show the cinema history of Ukraine. Yeah, if I had gotten to the third round, I would have looked a little harder for something contemporary. I just in that moment wasn't feeling it. <laughs> Um, I saw another one of Dojenko's films in preparation. I saw Vinigora. Yeah, but I I didn't particularly care for it. Yeah, I don't know. It was maybe a really kind of risky pick on my part, but I'm glad that people saw it. I think it's a very historically important film, so I don't regret the pick. <laughs> it was a kind of um, impulsive decision, though, on my part. Yeah, listen, you may have lost, but you lost in style. Yeah. Right, so then, <laughs> Jeff, you were obviously Elena's opponent, and you, you picked well, a Senegalese film. And I know before this round was coming, a lot of people were actually wondering which direction you were going to take this, because uh, you used up the Usman Simbeni pick in the first round, and there isn't really much awareness about Senegalese film outside of that. So can you just guide us through thought process of picking this this film in particular 
Right. So them being is kind of like the king of Senegal cinema, to be honest. And he's got a couple contemporaries, but a lot of the cinema in Senegal is shorts or extremely niche culture works that are difficult to find, at least in the West. So it's hard to pick something that I, I, I would even like maybe mainstream is the right word for that. Um, yeah. So I decided to go with uh, Dijbril Diop Mambeni, who's he's probably the second biggest Senegal filmmaker, I would say. He's got a lot of important yeah, films. Most people know him for Tuki Puki, which is a fantastic movie as well. But for me, I wanted to try to get people to see things that they normally wouldn't, wouldn't uh, go out of their way to see. And that movie is fairly well known. I know it has a nice criterion release and it's been getting a lot of rounds recently so i want to do something else from his career um and i wanted something that was happy and maybe not so depressing because as much as i love mulay it, uh, it's a heavy movie it's about horrible things going on in the country while this movie the little girl who sold the sun is all about the optimism of the filmmaker and his hopes and dreams for the future of the country. And I, I really resonated with that. I think it's important to share films like that from countries like Senegal who are still trying to overcome their, just their history and become a modern nation. And so having cinema like this, that helps show their dreams and their aspirations and what they want to be is I think very fascinating and important. So, that's why I chose Little Girl Soul the Sun. And it's also short, which is nice. Everyone likes <laughs> short movies. So that definitely helps. But um Yeah, definitely. I thought the response to it was very interesting though, because I know a lot of people were I don't know if disappointed is the right word for that, but maybe uh they didn't uh, like I how think that's a fair description, yeah. Yeah, they just didn't like how maybe uh saturated it was. Uh because yeah. it is pretty I mean, it's very optimistic and maybe almost too much. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a little blind in its its uh, version of what the future could be in some ways. Yeah, I thought that response to it was really interesting as well. I watched the movie without really reading what other people had to say about it, and I thought that it has it has an optimism for the future, but um, also, you know, she goes around, she's selling this newspaper. She's just trying to be like everyone else and show that she can do the same things. And, you know, there's a lot of like hope in what she's doing. And then people say things of like, that's the government's newspaper. That's like, it's implies that her motivations are somewhat misled. Like she doesn't quite understand mm -hmm. what she's selling. Um, and I think that that, aspect of it provided some nuance i think that if you don't look into that part it could maybe come off as too sweet or too optimistic or too sentimental but i think that it also like shows some of the dangers of blind optimism for the future and uh, i really like that that other kind of more nuanced element of it where you can be happy for her and also acknowledge that sometimes we do things that we think are good and we have a lot of hope but we don't really understand the weight of our actions so I really liked that part of it. Um, I think Great. that that's a pretty complex message to convey in only 45 minutes. Um, so yeah, I really sure. liked the film. I can understand some of the critiques, but 
I think that it has that other dimension there that's kind of balances its sweetness or optimism. Matt, you are sort of like an independent adjudicator of this round because you, <laughs> you didn't really have a horse in this race, I suppose. Um, so what did you what did you think of these two films? Which one did you sort of uh, prefer? Did anything stand out in either in particular? Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I did prefer The Little Girl Who Sold the Sun in the end because I've seen Tuki Wookie before and I think I actually think Little Girl was a slight improvement on that film. In terms of Earth, I I wasn't crazy about it. I kind of think it needs it didn't really connect the two. It was it's, it's hard to explain, but it's, it is kind of a Soviet montage film and a silent realist film. And I feel like it didn't bridge those two things as quite as well as I would have liked. It's sort of stuck in the middle of those two things, and that kind of made it a little bit hard to get there at times. Yeah, I I really am a big fan of his trilogy. I still need to see uh, Zeng Zengora. I don't know how to pronounce that one. But, um, okay, yeah, that's the only one. I have seen Arsenal, and I really I did enjoy that one and Earth as well. So I, I like how abstract I guess the movie is. It's um, I mean, God, I mean that movie went through so many different recuts when they were making it. I can't even imagine that process. It must have been really frustrating. So the fact that the film is even an experience you can watch and understand is incredible. But I, I don't know. I really enjoyed the visual imagery that's done in the movie. I think it's an interesting way to look at a country and a people as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's sort of uh, a line I've sort of revealed already. Jeff didn't win this round. Senegal advanced into the sort of semi-final or the final for the side of the bracket. And I think next we can actually move on to the last four countries, which were Netherlands, uh, represented by Amsterdam, sort of like an action murder mystery. Turkey, represented by Time to Love, a drama of sorts, I guess. I'm not really sure how to describe it. Maybe some of the other people can do it better. Um, also Chile, with Cordillera of Dreams, a documentary film, actually the only one in the whole event. And Canada, which was represented by Incendies, that Denis Villeneuve film. Right, so what I wanted to ask, because interestingly enough, there was a bit of a rebellion against the Incendies book, simply because it was well, quite popular. Um, so here's what I wanted to ask. Uh, why, why do you think this event sort of, there's this preference towards more more obscure cinema, and why, why did Incendies lose in the end? What do you think, Jeff? Well, for me, Part of the fun of Kino Olympics is exploring cultures and movies from these cultures that you don't normally experience. And I really like Incendies. I think it's my favorite film love movie. But it is not a representation of Canada, in my opinion, to really any degree. I guess a little bit with the whole family being there, but it's honestly more about it's a family melodrama. And that's fine, but I, I just don't... Uh, I was looking for something else, maybe something more about Canada itself and its people or its culture. That's more I was expecting, I guess, maybe. What did you think of the film, uh, Elena? I I think I agree with Jeff that it's, it's something that's not really representative of Canada. And I think as far as popular picks go... Um, there's nothing against pop. There's no rule against popular picks, 
you can pick whatever you want as long as it meets the criteria. Um, but I think that people are shying away from more popular picks because you can go find that on your own and watch it yourself. Like, exactly. I don't need Keen Olympics okay. to find a popular movie for me. Um, and it's more of these deep cuts that I appreciate more because they're not something I would have ever known about without the event. Um, so I think for those reasons, I I think I came into the film a little biased against it. Um, just because it wasn't really about Canada, it was a more popular pick. I don't know if anyone else really entirely agreed with me in this assessment, but I also found it a little emotionally exploitative, um, and especially exploitative of conflict in the Middle East and like the very real human toll of that, and using it as this like emotional device in the film and not really, again, not really like humanizing those people or giving them names, or giving them stories, and just using them in this other narrative, I kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. So I didn't really care for that part of it. There was one scene in particular that really turned me off to the film. So in the end, I just, I think outside of the event, I wouldn't have really cared for it much anyway. I would have liked to see what Canada maybe would have picked after hearing some of these critiques, just because there are some movies out there that are very they definitely showcase, you know, uniquely Canadian experiences that aren't really seen very much. I know that people yeah, were bringing certainly. up something like My Winnipeg or something as, you know, something that was more in the lines of what they wanted to see. I suppose just um, interesting that there was kind of a strategy of picking a more popular film that seemed like a safe pick that everyone would like, and it kind of backfired, so. Yeah, definitely. I know, Matt, you're you're more of a fan of the film so do, do you want to present a defense like a case for incendies well, it is i mean it is one of my favorite films in general but and i just i don't see it as emotionally exploitative and also in the sense that it's based on a play written by a middle eastern person but in terms of the i do think picking it was slightly disappointing because I think I definitely agree with the fun. Some of the fun of this event has been finding films that I haven't heard of before. So picking such a popular movie was, even though I did obviously vote for it because it's like one of my favorite films, but it was somewhat of a disappointing pick in that regard because it would have been nice to see maybe a deeper dive into Canadian cinema. Yeah, certainly. Since that sort of covers all of the countries, and interestingly enough, uh, Jeff and uh, Matt are still in the tournament. I, I had actually a question for. Uh, Elena, since you sort of have an unbiased perspective, who, who do you think, what's your prediction for who's going to take the whole tournament based on what you've seen so far? So we don't know who will win this round, it's just Netherlands versus Chile, but then we have Hungary, UK, and Senegal left. Before yeah. the UK versus Hong Kong match, I thought that it was going to end up Hong Kong versus Senegal, maybe? Um, certainly seemed that way, yeah. And it seemed like Hong Kong had a lot of good picks, a lot of good things to choose from, a lot of variety, that the picks were going over pretty well. I think that a lot of the things that come out of Hong Kong are pretty in line with the server's overall taste. So I think that that kind of shook up some of my predictions. I think that Senegal will win one side. <laughs> okay. 
And I think that maybe Hungary will win the other side? I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. Does that answer your question? I have no idea. It's it's good enough. I don't know if I have any preference entirely for which I think. I think that they all have their own strengths. (laughs) I don't have anyone that I'm particularly rooting for at the moment. Alright then. Matt, you're famously unbiased. Who do you, who do you think is going to win the whole event? Well, I'd say the I think the winner of UK, um, UK and Hungary will probably win it. In my opinion, okay. I think whoever wins that will go on to win the final. I'm inclined yeah. to agree with that. <laughs> yeah. No offense, yeah, Jeff. Do you, do you want to make a case for yourself, Jeff? Present an argument why you might win the whole thing. I mean, I would like to win. That'd be cool. But. Uh... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not necessarily <laughs> expecting it. I'm amazed I've made it as far as I have, to be honest. Um, so I've got plenty more interesting picks to come. So we'll see. Excited to see. All right. So last but not least, sort of a quick question right before we we wrap up. I wanted to ask uh, each one of you to give a uh, one recommendation from the whole event for the people listening to maybe. Seek out and give a watch if they can track it down. Um, do you have any film in mind, Matt? What that we watched as part of this event? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, excluding I'm going to exclude both stuff I've watched previously, and obviously my picks. Um, I think I'm going to say November because I think, although I think oh. it, it's flawed in some way, I I just think it's a fascinating piece of like culturally representative work from Estonia and from Estonian folklore. I just think it was it was a very interesting watch for me, so I'll go with it. Great choice if I do say so myself. Jeff, do you have a do you have a recommendation? I would probably pick Macario, personally. I, I really enjoyed that and I feel like Mexican cinema doesn't really get a lot of starlight. So I think that's a great movie to start with. Alright, Elena. I I know that it's probably the best received of the event, but I'm probably gonna go with Fifth Seal. Just because I think that it's something that lingers the most and gives the most to think about. I think, yeah, I think that if I were to take one film from the competition so far and and recommend it to someone, I think it would be that one just because of um, the questions I think it raises and what someone can learn from it. Yeah, certainly. I was going to say 50 or November myself, but since... Since those have been taken now, I guess I'll I'll give a shout out to Chinese Ghost Story. I think it's one of the more unique and fun films of the event, and would certainly be a be a unique, uh, fun little watch. Right? Do any of you have any sort of shout outs or anything else you wanna you wanna say right before we wrap up? No, but uh, thanks for hosting. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for joining, and we'll see you whenever. <laughs> <laughs>